It's Friday, March 10, Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. Very good morning to you if you are just tuning in. And uh, it was 16 to 10. The Panthers over the Bunnies last night at Penrith. Unfortunately, a match marred by a racial slur against, allegedly, against Latrell Mitchell as the players came off for half time. And the fan who called him, well, it was the, the term was Black Dog, allegedly. And that fan was removed. Apparently, it was a teenager. Investigation's underway. So, really unfortunate incident, marring uh, a good game of footy there last night where Penrith led 16-0 loss before. Souths gave them a scare late, but it always felt like Penrith were in control. Yeah. Oh, for me, they just lost a physical battle early. You could tell right from the get-go that Penrith were on. They came out, challenged South Sydney. Uh, their forwards carried the ball. Uh, through the middle, uh, they made plenty of yards. Nathan kicking, uh, Cleary's kicking game was spot on, um, and they just had trouble controlling the ruck, and that's basically where South Sydney were able to win it. Uh, uh, Penrith were able to win it. Uh, South, uh, the biggest shock for me was it was only a six-point victory because I think the margin didn't indicate the dominance that Penrith had. Uh, if you're a South Sydney supporter, you'd be sitting there today going, you know what, we couldn't play that bad um, and we only got beaten by six and Penrith would be thinking you know what we played well if we play like that we can beat most teams in the competition still a little bit off with their execution um, but that'll come and we're just talking off here you know like it's going to take a little bit of time to get used to with no kick out and no um, chorus out but I thought the two hookers did a good job Kenny and Sonny Luke and just a little example with that Luke Garner, who I thought was excellent, by, by the way, last night. If that was Kikau going through that hole early in that game, he, he scores that. Yeah, that's that's just a little difference too. Mm. You know, the fact that Kikau can turn those opportunities into tries. But felt like still... a different pace, Loz. Felt like Penrith were playing like Origin speed, and it even it even made South look a little bit slow when they had the ball in that first sort of twenty minutes. Is that a fair call? Yeah, that's a fair call. They they started like it meant something to them, Penrith. Yeah. How hard does Moses Leota run? Yeah, well, they, they were coming off two significant losses. Mm. I mean, they lost the Broncos round one, and they had that World Club Challenge. Yeah, they turned up the dial. They they turned up the yeah. dial. There was a yeah. lot more intensity in their performance mm. than there was in those two games. Let me tell you, yeah. and you could tell right from the get go. So. You know, they started the season off slowly by their standards, what they've said over the last couple of years. Um, but what they did last night shows you that, you know, if they're fit and healthy and other teams um, are underdone or they think that Penrith haven't got the desire that they've had the last couple of years, well, they're in for a shock because if can, Penrith can build on what they did last year, uh, build on what they did last night, then they're a chance. Australia 4 for 255 at Stumps on day one of the fourth test in Ahmedabad. And uh, we'll get to that. But we've got Adam Pengilly standing by from the Sydney Morning Herald. Morning, Adam. How are you? Morning, Jared. Morning, boys. Happy Friday. Indeed. And what did you make of the game last night? Uh, yeah, fantastic game. I thought Penrith were great. As you boys mentioned, they definitely turned up the dial a little bit last night. And I, I loved Latrell's comments in the pre-game about the cracks in the windscreens, but do you reckon it didn't have some sort of effect on that Penrith squad last night? Like they they knew what was said in, and, and, and to be honest, what Latrell said was, you know, relatively minor on the scale of you know pumping a game up. But I think they seized on it, and you're right, their their line speed, their aggression, their energy in the first half last night was was clearly superior to South, and they they won that ruck battle and won through the middle, and then. 
their class shone through. Yep, they'll be disappointed conceding a couple of late tries and give South a sniff in that last minute. And who would have thought that we'd need Dylan Edwards to come across and bat the ball dead in the in the dying seconds to to seal that result? Because Penrith seemed in control of that game for for most of the night. You didn't think South was going to get that close, but and there's been a lot of a lot of talk about Penrith. And I've, I've been one of the first ones to say I think they're going to come back to the field a little bit this year, but they're still a top four team. Like they have to be, provided they don't have too many serious injuries. I think we saw that there last night. Yeah, you can't you can't lose the quality though that they lost and say that they're still the same side. Of course, you, of course. you, you just can't. I mean, and, and the little example I used there before, if that was Kickout going over in uh, from that uh, play last night where Latrell held Garner up, like Kickout scores that try. Of course, yeah. You know, so so I I think that um, they have come back to the field, which gives everyone an opportunity and a chance. But they're still a very very good football team. Mm, Very mm. good football team. Now, mate, what about this uh, incident involving Latrell last night? Oh, just horrible, Loz. Absolutely horrible. I wasn't at the game last night. I watched on the TV at home and then and then saw the report sort of coming through midway through the second half. And, and, and from all reports, there's only a what well, is a young fan uh, that's allegedly have, has made these racist remarks to Latrell. And you don't really need a long memory to remember that... Um, South went through a very similar issue at, at, at Penrith Park many years ago with, with Greg Inglis. So... You can imagine how sensitive the club is, how frustrated they'd be. And I thought Jason Demetrio, the way he spoke in that press conference last night, showed real character and showed what a leader he is at that football club to come out and make those comments in such a strong manner. I'm hoping that the NRL is going to act really swiftly on this, Matt. I'm hoping that the police will be involved, obviously, and they can act swiftly as well because it's just not on. Like we just, I just cannot believe we're still going through this in 2023, Laws. It's just, it's just a horrible look for the game. Um, I think Latrell handled himself really well with a lot of class last night. Do we know how old the person was? I don't know personally, Loz, but a lot of the reports coming through was it was a very young person. Um, And I I go back to, you don't need a long memory either to remember the Adam Goods incident down down with Collingwood, Jared, do you really? Um, A young teenage girl who was caught up in that incident. And it's just just sad. My my overwhelming feeling Does it change, Adam, though? Does our, our punishment change because it is a youngster or a teenager? Well, if you remember what Adam Good said, Clarkie, uh, after his incident, he uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but he he wanted education for that young girl, and, yeah, and, agree, and, and agree. her to be educated about what her remarks actually mean. And I think the NRL potentially will look look at going down a very similar path if this yeah. person is found to be a, a young person as well, because for them to to say something like that and think it's okay is just horribly, horribly wrong. And as I just mentioned a moment ago, just my overwhelming feeling is just emotion. It's just sadness. This is still going on in our game. I know it might might only be one person, but but we just can't have this. We just cannot have this anymore. Yeah, I agree. Buddy, what's the the story with Cody Walker? I I feel like he's been a bit grumpy pants the first two games and a team's trying to get under his skin because, again, if you watched last night... You know, the two number sixes against each other. I just think the Panthers, that's where the game was won. Yeah, he looked frustrated, didn't he, Clarkie, yeah, last I night? And in particular, on one occasion where he got up pushing was it Mitch Kenny, I think it was, and he literally dropped the ball yeah. trying to play it because he was trying to push Mitch Kenny and worry about the having a blue rather than getting on with the game. And I thought he was a bit grumpy pants in game one as well. Yeah, I'm not sure. Remember last year, he, he did start the year, I wouldn't say in the greatest of moods, and he's on field. I suppose, body language wasn't great. And, and a lot of people put that down to the fact that Latrell didn't play for most of the first uh, half of last season. And he didn't have his, I suppose, his sparring partner or his buddy there with him on that left-hand side. So, I don't know. We all know that Cody's a, an ultimate competitor. We all yeah, know that sometimes he puts... 
hundred percent, hundred percent, Clarky. He pushes the line, and he sometimes maybe steps over it a little bit. But he's just got to keep in mind that his focus has got to be trying to win football games for his team. When he gets distracted and starts sparring with other teams, I don't think that I think it detracts from his performance a little bit. And mm-hmm. and just on that, I thought Jerome Luai was fantastic last night. Yeah, he's he got a bit of criticism last night. I thought he was much better last night. That's and great. And really showed his class. And I thought Stephen Crichton as well was, was fantastic. I think Brisbane caught him out once or twice last week in round one, defending down that side. He went for a, a bit of an audacious intercept, which cost him a try for Herbie Farnworth last week. He was a lot more solid in defence last night. And I thought really showed his true colours. Yeah, we're still fine-tuning the you know the system with the independent doctor. But what were your thoughts on... Because when, when Mitch Kenny and Sonny Luke both got knocked, I thought they would have had to leave the field straight away. What were your thoughts on them staying out there for a little bit and then being dragged from the field? Yeah, in particular, the Mitch Kenny one I saw was, I thought, well, he's coming from the field straight away. But I think what you'll find a lot of the time is that trainers, when they go out and assess a player straight away, if they haven't seen the incident themselves, it's very hard for them to make a call straight away, even when they assess a player. I think a lot of the time they just defer and just wait another 30 seconds or a minute for the bunker to come in and and, and rule on whether that player should be off the field or on the field. And I think that's what happened last night, in particular with the Mitch Kenny case. Uh, you and I are both sitting in our loungers knew straight away that he, he's coming from the field. He, he's, he hit his head really hard against the ground, and he took maybe just a little while to get up. And I think the trainers often just try and wait for that, that advice to come over the top from the bunker. And I think that's what might have happened there last night. So this system that we've been talking about, yes, it's not perfect. Yes, there's some still things they can work on. But I still firmly believe the NRL is doing the right thing by implementing this system, and I think they'll get it right eventually. Uh, what's the latest with the Bulldogs situation around Josh Jack- Jackson and the salary cap? Yeah, Jerry, this is a really interesting story. Did you guys chat to Danny about this earlier in the week? Cause, yes. Uh, yeah, I know he mentioned it with um, Phil Gould on 100% footy on, on nine earlier this week. I did a bit more digging later in the week, and the Bulldogs are extremely frustrated about where this is at at the moment because... I think primarily it's hampering their bid to bring another player into, the, into their top 30 roster for this year. We know they've got a lot of injuries at the moment with Luke Thompson out for the majority of the season, Tavita Pangai Jr., Chris Patola. They're really struggling for middle fours in the first five or six weeks, and they're, they're looking to get an emergency replacement to come into the club. But they've, they've got this salary cap penalty sitting on their cap this year. The NRL's ruled for Josh Jackson saying that, well, he retired early. He still had a year to go on his contract this year. Um, and the NRL has ruled they've got to carry... It's a bit less than $200,000 at the moment on their cap, and that money could be used to try and bring in, a, I suppose, a, a lower class of forward to help them out in the middle. So I don't know where this is going to go. The Bulldogs have made three separate applications, I believe, to the NRL asking for them to review the decision and overturn it. Each time the NRL has come back and said, no, we're not budging, you have to carry this money on your cap this year. So I don't know what the Bulldogs are going to do from now, but they're in a very pre- pre- precarious position with their salary cap at the moment. Ben Hunt has fired up the Dragons and he's talking about the critics. They can take shots at them, but they're not going to win the wooden spoon. Yeah, I did, a, did an interview lots with Ben Hunt last week um, and ran the story uh, in the Sydney Morning Herald in the paper today on, online a little bit earlier this week. And I sort of put it to Ben. I said straight up, I said, mate, no one's expecting you to do anything this year. There's been so much negativity around the club this off-season. Like, what, what are you saying internally? And... <laughs> Straight away, he was just on the front foot and said, I don't care what anyone else says. This team is way too good. We're not getting the wooden spoon. And then the conversation sort of drifted towards coach Anthony Griffin and his future. And I thought Ben made some really strong remarks. He he sort of said, listen, the board cannot second guess what we're doing at this club at the moment. I know there's going to be a lot of speculation about the coach. 
and they might want to make a call after six or eight weeks, but that's just second-guessing what we're trying to do. He says, listen, wait as long as possible, wait towards the end of the season. Let's give us a full year. If things don't work out, then yet make your call. But he's adamant. He doesn't want the board to make a call in the first four to six or eight weeks on the future of coach Anthony Griffin. Now, whether it plays out like that, I don't know. Uh, I think all the, all the reports are and all the speculation is that the Dragons will move very swiftly if things don't start well in the first couple of months of the season. But as captain of the club, I thought they were really strong comments from Ben Hunt. He wants to get this group moving in the, in the right direction. All right, we better get a tip off you for tomorrow. Coolmore Classic Day. It's uh, it's actually Ladies' Day, would you believe, Loz, at Rose Hill Gardens tomorrow. You going, Mido? No, you going, Pup? What do you mean you're not going? We'll we be... both should be there. Mate, I'm chilling. You got plans, have you? I do. I have my godson's fifth birthday party. Fact. Oh, I thought it might have been something to do with your date yesterday you had to leave Which for. you made up. Anyway, mm. Adam, what's your tip? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gravitating towards the uh, the magic night there, boys. Race four, number six, Steel City is the best on the program for me. I thought she was desperately unlucky in the Blue Diamond. She got all the right form around Red Resistance and Co. A couple of horses are going to feature prominently in Golden Super Betting from that nice soft gate. I'm just hoping that she can get a little bit of luck from that inside draw this time. So... I'll be with her. Race four, number six, Steel City. Steel City, $3.20 with Tab in the Magic Night. Last chance saloon for the slipper hopefuls to get into that field there tomorrow. Race four, number six, mate. Have a great weekend. See you, boys. You too. And we'll, uh, we'll chat again on Monday. Uh, coming up shortly is Ali Mosley. Just a reminder, too, go to Bet's Friends on your Tab app. Look for that Bet's Friends tile. And if you go there, all the selections that Ali and our tipsters give us this morning will end up on the Bets Friends part of the Tab app. So just download it to find all the selections. And here she is, Ali Mosley from Sky Racing. Good morning. Good morning. I keep saying that wrong. I always say Best Friends instead of Bets Friends. <laughs> no, I, don't worry, Ali. We all say it. <laughs> I was on the Matty John show the other night and I said, Bets Friends, Best <laughs> Friends. I had to get it out. I had to, and then the next time I said it, I had to go, Bets. I feel like it's... Friends, yeah, you really yeah. slow you got to slow down. it down. It's something mm. that we can get teased about very easily too. I feel. Mm. <laughs> Want to be my best friend? <laughs> well, well, can you be our bet's friend at Kembla today? Let's start there. Kembla Classic there today. I got a bit of mail about this filly coming from New Zealand. Maybe not for today, but certainly heading towards the Vinery and the Oaks potentially Polygon. Yeah, we're about to get smashed with Kiwis, for lack of a better word. They're all about to descend upon us. And Sharp and Smart was my only tip that really flew the flag for us last week, albeit he was about a dollar fifty when he won over in New Zealand. So I think we've got a lot of progressive types and a few that we need to be watching. I don't know a great deal about her, aside from the fact that she's from what I've heard, pretty versatile. Uh, she's versatile on, on different grounds. She's got a pretty versatile racing pattern. We last saw her run, I think, over 2,000. So she'd be stepping back here to the mile and she's had a let-up returning to a shorter trip. So that's certainly ticking a lot of boxes. But in that race, I'm actually with Pavitra, yep. who um, I've, I've just been a fan of for a long time now. I think I tipped her first up in the Millie Fox each way and, and she was great to, to stick on to a decent pace there over 1,300 when she resumed. It was always going to be too sharp for her. She is such a big girl. She's a huge filly. She covers so much ground when she moves. Um, we know how well she worked through the grades last prep, and she is going on to, to longer trips, and she's got, obviously, um, her grand final coming up. But I just think stepping up to the mile here, she can be dynamic enough 
to win uh, second up. And I just think she'll take so much improvement going 13 to 16. So she is my tip there in the Kendall Grange Classic today. What about the Coolmore Classic tomorrow? Who do you like? Uh, I've gone uh, a little bit wider here. Would you believe it? Who would have thought? Um, I've gone a little bit wider here as well in the Coolmore Classic. Um, and I've actually gone with She's a Belter. So she was one who I added to the Black Book off her recent run uh, in the surround stakes. It, it read a lot better than it looked like on paper. Um, and it says, I mean, her runs this prep, again, don't look as good on paper, but um, all her five wins have come in the dry. So she's great on top of the ground. I think she'll be peaking third up here. And the sectionals that she's been reeling off suggest that she can run a really big race with not a heap of weight on her back either. And I think she's way over at the $12 quote. So each way, I'm with Sheezy Belter in the Coolmore Classic. Tab will give you $13 pike in the saddle. Uh, $4 the place. So that's for the Coolmore Classic tomorrow. Rose Hill Race 8, number 10, Sheezy Belter. And uh, at the Kembla Classic today, that's race seven, number six, Pavitra. What about your other best bets around the place, Sally? So I'll, I'll jump across to Victoria just for one of these, and that's Buenos Noches in the new market, um, uh, which is probably not a shock either because he's another one I've, I've followed for a little while. I actually saw it in secret on Tuesday. I went out to Godolphin and got to go and have a look at a lot of the horses, and she looks like a different horse this prep I, I know we've seen her in Sydney but I just I can't believe how much she's furnished and changed she's just an absolute powerhouse she's finally dropped her coat she looks really healthy she's absolutely glowing she's grown she's furnished so I, I think she's going to be actually really hard to beat there but if something's going to run right up to her and you want to have a bit of an each way bet I think it will be Buenos Notches there in the new market what else Ali okay <laughs> we keep going so uh in race one Rose Hill, so we'll come back to Rose Hill. I've landed on Oxford Tycoon first up each way. We get a price about him as well with the inform Zach Lloyd down to ride. Yep, $14 and four twenty the place. Keep going. Yep. <laughs> then race six, I've landed on Glint of Silver, who's uh, back from Victoria. Out of the David Pfeiffer camp, he's another one who's just come back absolutely flying this preparation, I think. Uh, two of his wins, two of his placings. He's almost only had, he's only run out of the money on a couple of occasions when he's on top of the ground. So he won the Autumn Stakes, the Group 2 at Sandown, came back up here and won his trial pretty impressively. And he is just absolutely flying at the moment. And he's another one I just think can't be overlooked in the market, albeit it is Chris Waller's race to win, as it has been for the last six of the eight or something like that. So I just think he is over the odds, though, at the $16 quote each way, glint of silver. Uh, race seven, I also like Sunshine Rising each way. So a lot of these horses I've been following for a little while, but I'm not stepping off because I know I tipped Kintyre on our show about three times here, and then she came out and won at Newcastle at 20 bucks last week. So yeah. uh, he did, sorry. Um, so I, I'm not jumping off a few of these. I'm going to stick with them. And one of those is Sunshine Rising each way there um, at the $6 quote. He's another one coming back from Victoria. Things just didn't go right for him. Uh, in the car line. So I'll tip him each way. And I've got one more for you guys before I wrap up. I'm <laughs> really it. talking a lot this morning. Uh, and that is Dymal in the Ajax. Dymal in the Ajax. So that's race nine, number two. Race nine, number two. Dymal for John O'Shea. J-Max in the saddle. And that is paying a very healthy $8.50 and two sixty. dollars The place. Ali, you go and have a great weekend. Thank you so much. 
Thanks, guys. Let's hope we get some winners this week. That is the plan. Thank you. And Ali Selections, as I mentioned, will be on Bet's Friends on the Tab app, but I'll repeat them quickly here for you. Today at Kembla Grange, today in the Kembla Classic, race seven, number six, Pavitra, $3.30 with Tab. Uh, I'll go to Rose Hill. She likes, in the Coolmore Classic, the Group 1. That's race eight. She likes number 10. She's a belter. $13 $13 and $4 the place. In race one, she likes number two, Oxford Tycoon. $14 the win, $4.20 the place. Race six, number one, Glint of Silver. $16 the win, $3.10 the place. Race seven, number 12, Sunshine Rising. $6 the win, $2.30 the place. And race nine, number two, Dymel. $8.50 the win, $2.60 the place. And in the big one at Flemington, the new market handicap, she likes race seven, number 16, Buenos Noches, $12 the win, three sixty the place. Well, welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast. So Chad Ramey, the American eight under 64 in the clubhouse with the lead at the Players' Championship at Sawgrass. Uh, one stroke behind is Colin Morikawa, best of the Aussies, tied for fourth, Minwoo Lee, a four under 68. But I was just having a look at his card. He was trucking. He was six under through 13 holes, then went bogey, par, birdie, bogey, bogey to finish. Still shot four under and in contention, well and truly, uh, Minwoo Lee. Adam Scott also had, uh, well, he finished even for his round, Adam Scott, but there was a double bogey in there, uh, which was on the first, which was his 10th hole because he started on the back nine. Uh, Jason Days, one under through 10. So seven shots off the pace. Harrison Endicott tied for 15th at two under 70. Uh, Cam Davis at three under 69. So good to see some Aussies up there in amongst it at Sawgrass. Now, uh, last night in the cricket, Australia finished four for 255 at Stumps after winning the toss and electing to bat. Uh, Usman Kawaja not out on 104. He's 14th Test century. And Cameron Green's not out on 49. They've put on 85 since coming together with the Aussies at four for 170. And uh, Travis Head uh, was out for 32. And Pup, I uh, don't know if you saw India's keeper, Barat, dropped Drop the soda. absolute... Well, it was, it was a creaming soda. It well, was... the, the only thing is, the only thing is, this is what I was talking about yesterday to you two boys <laughs> on television. <laughs> got to catch that. Look, 100%. And you got gloves on. So, yeah, no brain, you've got to catch it. But if you look at that ball, it actually swings. So mm. because of the wicket, because it's staying low, the keeper and slipped fields have got to come really close, probably closer than you should be because you want the ball to carry. But with that brand-new ball, there was a couple there that he just he just fumbled, and it was because it was just swinging a little bit. But, yeah, you got gloves on, uh, start of the test match, big wicket for, for India, try and get one of the Aussie openers out early. You've got to catch that. So... Yeah, they'll um <clears throat> they'll be disappointed India, I think, with it's not their intent. I don't know. I just think maybe they're just taking their foot off a little bit. Um, like even listen to Rohit Sharma before the test, he was talking about I was talking about what wicket you're going to use, and he said oh, I'd rather one with a bit more grass in preparation for the Test Championship. So I don't know. Very rarely do you, if you're focused on something apart from what's right in front of you, sometimes that can. 
come back to bite on the backside. So Aussies are in a good position. Um, Cameron Green looks awesome. Usman Khawaja, once again, outstanding. Uh, and, and a good example of if you give somebody an opportunity when they do have a weakness, you can improve and get better. Um, and the way Uzi's now playing spin, you know, that's improved out of sight. So hopefully we can get past that 400 run mark and then have a crack at India late on today. I just want to mention that this baseball result. Australia shocked South Korea 8-7 in the World Baseball Classic in Tokyo yesterday. That's our first match. We're looking to finish in the top two in our pool, which also includes China, the Czech Republic, and Japan, who have some major league stars playing for them, including Shohei Otani. So that's going on over in Tokyo. So well done to the Aussie baseballers. How are you, Mossy? Well, I'm good, Mido. Brentford got up. Oh, yes, back on uh, Tuesday morning. Feels like an eternity yeah. ago. They beat Fulham and you tipped them. 3-2 in the 98th minute, I think it was. We'll take it. Brentford, uh, yeah. So Actually, no, I think that might have been Fulham's second, actually. Yeah, sorry, they were 3-1 up. But anyway, mate, the home team got over the line. Something. All right, well, Celtic, they were the home <laughs> I'll team. I'll take it because my tipping's been terrible so lately. Well, Can you tell I'm grasping? Well, I always forget, so that's a good thing. Uh, but, you don't forget the losses. Well, someone usually reminds us on the text line. Uh, <laughs> now, Celtic and Hearts during the week was a significant occasion for Ange Postacoglu, and a range of Socceroos were playing in that match, and Celtic won in Ange's 100th match as manager of, Cel- of the club. Yeah, nice, huh? Um, really nice touch. And um, and to do it, although the Aussies on the, on the, in Hearts shirts wouldn't have been too happy with the result, I'm sure there was just a... A little bit of pride in them as well, like the likes of Cam Devlin, Devlin um, Atkinson, Quall coming off the bench. Um, you know, those those players would all look up to Ange um, for, for what he's done um, for Australian football and what he's doing over there in, in Scotland as well. Um, but, yeah, incredible how quickly 100 games goes, eh? Seems only just yesterday that he landed in um, in, in Scotland and um, he's achieved so much, three trophies already, and uh, well on his way to uh, the title, the, the Scottish Premier League title this season, and then another crack at the um, Champions League. How's he going over there, young Qual? Mossy? Uh, yeah, look, well, it's, it's always an interesting one, right? So, so Daniel Arzani left the A-League, if you remember, and uh, he was signed by uh, Manchester City and loaned out to Celtic, and he snapped his knee as soon as he got there. Um, And Daniel Arzani really still hasn't, his career hasn't recovered from that. So Scotland is a tough place to go, and and for the likes of an Arzani or a Qual who are, you know, flair players, um, you know, Qual's speed is, is, you know, his, his real strength and his nose for goal. So it takes time to settle in, and, uh, you know, I guess the amount of game time he's getting would suggest that he hasn't settled quickly. Um, but for his age um, and where his career is at, and don't forget he wasn't a starting 11 player when he left the A-League, um, although he's been to a World Cup. Um, so it's going to take time, and, and people around him have to give him patience. Whether Scotland's the right place for him, hmm. I've still got my doubts, but um, I would have liked to have seen him go to one of the smaller European nations. Um, but anyway, he's there and uh, he's giving his best shot. The fallout in the Champions League this week. Uh, Chelsea, big, big win for them against Borussia Dortmund. But PSG, uh, with all that money, all that talent, knocked out by Bayern Munich. And we know how great a club Bayern Munich is. But uh, considering the funds invested, there's got to be questions asked there. And, And what about the future at the club for Lionel Messi as well? 
Well, you know, the future that's intriguing me even more than Lionel Messi is Mbappe. Mm. And will we see him in a Liverpool jersey? Um, because there's... <laughs> yes, mate, please. Yeah, I know, exactly. You boys and, need and it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, hang on, Clark, we bounce back, mate. <laughs> You're only a couple of points away from Europe again now. Great season. But um, no, look, you're right. And uh, what, what does it mean for Lionel Messi? You've, you've seen Cristiano Ronaldo where he's gone $600 million for three years uh, in the Middle East. Uh, you, you just think that time might be coming for Messi as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, PSG, their whole um, you know, MO is, is around the Champions League. You know, they, win the, they win the French League in a canter most seasons. Uh, but the Champions League is is their holy grail, and um, and they've fallen short again. So what happens to Messi? Time will tell. But um, there is a little bit of smoke around Mbappe and Anfield. So uh, I'd love to see that happen. Gee, would I love to see that happen? That'd be massive news if he went over to uh, Liverpool, Mossy. But I, no, I, I can huge. remember I can remember um, Arnie at the lunch talking about him and yeah. just was waxing lyrical about him and. The way he was talking about him, it wouldn't surprise me by the end of his career, he goes down as one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, look, I think he will. He's already, uh, gee, what is it, three World Cup finals, I think, and and two World Cup trophies uh, or medals um, already, a a Champions League um, medal as well. Um, The guy, and, and, you know, obviously I was sitting probably three rows behind where Arnie was standing watching him live, and I've never seen anything quite like it on a football field in, in any code just the size of him the strength of him the speed and, and he gets quicker with the ball at his feet which is remarkable in our game because obviously it's it's a lot easier to run without the ball at your feet than it is with it but um, yeah he's, he's an incredible player uh, now this proposed second division competition uh, which is what's slated to uh, go ahead in 12 months time and uh, I saw a list of the teams that have been lodged during the week. I think it's 32 teams have been uh, lodged and uh, they're talking about 10 to 16. Uh, the Cronulla Sharks, in conjunction with, I think, is it Sutherland, have put a team or potentially a team forward for the competition. But there's a big club in Brisbane around Butterham, is it Lions FC, and they haven't decided to put their club forward for the competition. So what have you made of the list that was proposed? Yeah, I mean, the, the Cronulla Sharks is the one that stands out. I know a couple of people connected to that bid. Um, and, and that's been in the in the pipeline for a while. There was there was talk of it um, a few years ago as well um, as part of maybe an A-League franchise. So um, that, that didn't come off at the time. MacArthur FC got the, uh, got the nod. Um, but this, you know, it, it's, it's still there and the people... Um, from football, uh, well connected with the people from league, and um, you know I think clubs are starting to look at these multi-sport um, models, if you like. And um, I'd love to see that happen. Uh, you know, Cronulla and the Sutherland Shire is a huge football nursery. Um, I think uh, it's it's on a par with uh, the Manly Warringah nursery as far as uh, numbers of participa- uh, participants. So. I'd love to see it get up. The, the, the second division has to happen. Um, in what form, whether it's uh, a straight-out league that sort of mirrors the A-League or, or a Champions League format where the, the teams all play in their own states and then come together in a Champions League-type format, time will tell. It's whatever will be financially viable. But there was no huge surprise in the list, um, but great to see some of the names in there, and I think it'll really help connect. Um, I hate using this term, but old soccer with new football. 
Um, Mossy, are you still I, I a fan? Help bring the game together. Are, are you a fan, Mossy, of uh, football going back to the winter, or are you okay with where it's situated now? We had a chat about this last week, Clarky. Football is a winter sport. The conditions in winter um, help produce a much better product as far as the intensity of games goes, the speed that they're played played at, the energy levels of players um, and fans as well, to be honest. Um, Because, you know, you don't get an energy from the grandstand at 3 o'clock on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon in the middle of summer. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would be a fan of it going back to winter. I understand all the logistics around television rights and um, you know the corporate dollar and, and things like that. I, I totally understand that side. So I'm not you know going to lash out at those who keep it in summer, not not by any stretch. But I just think for the product, um, winter is uh, you know the way to go. Who who's winning these A League games this weekend? Um, well. Tonight's a, tonight is a very, very tricky one to, to predict, uh, Lois. We've got Perth Glory hosting um, uh, Western Sydney Wanderers. And that is, um, I believe the game is back at um, the uh, the main stadium over there in Perth. I don't even know what it's called these days. NIB, it's, well, that used to be the HB, old days. Uh, HBF Park, I think. HBF Park, that's the one. Um, yeah, so um, look, a couple of key outs. Marcello is out for Western Sydney Wanderers. Um, and Perth have lost uh, Ryan Williams and also Mustafa Amini, their captain, who I think has been – both players have been outstanding this season. Um, they get Laxman back. So it'll be a tough trip. It always is to the West. But um, I still think Western Sydney, just coming off that performance last week with 10 men beating the Mariners, I think they'll have enough to get over Perth. And, and I think that might be – if Perth don't get three points tonight, I think that's their, their top six chances done and dusted for this season, although they have made progress this year. What is he, multi? Uh, let's go. Um, it's a four-legger. That won't surprise you, Mido. Three of them are in the A-League. So Mariners to beat MacArthur. Yep. Into Melbourne City to beat Brisbane. Into Melbourne Victory to beat Western United. Johnny Aloisi re-signed uh, for another two years this week. Mm-hmm. Um, into Chelsea to beat Leicester. Leicester floundering at the moment. Uh, Poor old Harry Sutter. Um, he's having to dig deep to try and help keep his team in the Premier League. They're, they're starting to really flirt with the relegation zone. So Mariners into Melbourne City, into Melbourne Victory, into Chelsea. And that four-legger with Mossy, $8.90. $8.90. So give it strength and you have a great weekend, mate. You too, guys. Take care. Deliciously flaky pastry on top of bottom, which is rolled extra thin. A filling of 100% lean Aussie beef. I'm talking about Garlo's pies, the only pies you should be putting on your plate Garlo's pies are simply bursting with flavour. There's heaps of flavours to choose from. And here's a thought taken night off from cooking. Grab a Garlo's family pie for the whole crew. They're available in all Coles and Woolworths stores. Remember, we are located in the chilled meals section. If you can't find us, just ask for Garlo's pies by name. Garlo's pies, they're thin on pastry. They're big on meat. Brad Davidson from Sky Racing, good morning. Morning, guys. How are we? Very well. Coolmore Classic, always a difficult betting race, but a good betting race. So yeah. where are we going? Yeah, it is always a, a tricky race, isn't it, guys? But um, look, a, a good one this year. Uh, look, plenty of different angles. I always love these big handicaps. It's always a, a great weekend with the Coolmore Classic and the and the new market down south as well. Look, I, I want to make a case for yearning, guys. Um, you know, everyone's talking about, a lot of people talking about hoping your heart is the, the horse to beat in the race. Well, Yearning should have beaten her first up there, and I think makes her six and a half kilos better at the weights for for that run as well. Now, I suppose the only little niggle I've got with Yearning is she's a better fresh horse. But 
I'm suggesting that first start run because she never really got a crack at them at any stage. It's almost like a second barrier trial. Normally has two trials, had the one leading into this, and I'm thinking she's still really fresh for this. I heard Michael Hawks on uh, Melbourne Radio yesterday suggesting it was their best chance of the weekend and that she's absolutely flying. So that added to my confidence levels. So at around the $10 mark, I thought she was the, the way to play the race. She's got a nice draw. Um, she's just extremely well-weighted there tomorrow for a Group 1 winner, and I thought she'd be uh, hitting the line hard in a race with good tempo up front. Well, it's last chance loon for some of these two-year-olds to qualify for the Slipper Day vote. Talk to me about these races, including the Black Opal on Sunday, and who do you like in them? Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting. Lies, they all get a bit of a, a chance for the, the good prize money there in the, the Magic Night, the Pago Pago and the, and the Black Opal. So, Look, plenty of uh, decisions to be made around which horses go to, to which races. But, um, yeah, excited to see what a few of them can do. Um, look, I think a horse like Tis Invincible uh, for the Mara and Eustace Yard. I'm not sure which way they'll go there, but, uh, look, it looks a, a promising horse. It's having its first start, so it would obviously need a win to try to get itself in the in the slipper picture. But it was given a, a nice enough push by the, the stable there uh, during the week as well. So keep an eye... On it, uh, in terms of the the Pago Pago, I, th- I even thought a horse like Zulfikar could could run there well there at three at uh, eight dollars, and um, expecting Still City to bounce back in the Magic Night. Obviously, had no luck at all in the in the Blue Diamond, and I thought was the one to beat there. But um, yeah, a lot of horses trying that that last chance saloon to get into the the Slipper next week, and uh, the race still well and truly open at this stage. Speaking of the new market, who do you like? Cracking race, isn't it? There's oh. no doubt about it. Um, there's plenty of different angles to that one. And Look, I, I made the comment yesterday. I, I thought that the race was a little bit more open and the market gave it credit for. Um, I know it's you know $4, something to fill, but I struggled to get it under $6 to fill. I, I thought the favourites were a little bit short. I, I thought in secret, you know, jury's out this preparation to some degree. I know she's got the big win down the straight there and in the in the Coolmore last uh, last spring, but a few of the big names did fail that day as well. So I'm not getting carried away with her. I thought she was a little bit too short. I, I thought I wish I win was probably a bit short, just considering the weight. I know he had the the flashing light on fresh, but I think with you know these horses getting in with 52 and horses like that, I actually want to make a case for front page at at good odds. So I, I know uh, you know you think front page winning a new market would be unlikely, but. The thing about this horse, he's just such a good first-up horse. And uh, we saw in the Kosciuszko last spring, he won the Kosciuszko first up with 59 kilos after working extremely hard on speed. He ran a time, a length and a half slower than the Everest on the day, carrying 59. He drops to the 52 here, and he just absolutely flies like a rocket fresh. He's proven down the straight. Mm. I think he'll run really well at at $21. Um, He's my pick in the race, and... I just think it's a race to look wide and uh, and to play those down light, low in the weights. And for me, if it's a bill this year. What's your best anywhere? Uh, look, I've made it yearning just at the $10. I found it hard a day to really stamp one. I think Zugotcha's the, the best in the far lap, but very, very short. Um, and probably going to get shorter uh, if Col- when Cold Die comes out. If it's not out already, it's it's racing at Kembla today. So, look, it's going to be very short. So, I made it yearning at around the $10 mark on a, on a tricky day. I think it's a day to look a bit wider and play a couple at a bit of odds. And uh, the likes of yearning and front page, I thought they both run well at, at good odds in the group one. Yearning, 9.50 and 2.30 the place. Race 8, number 13, Newmarket, front page. Uh, race 7 at Flemington, front page number 11. It's been 34 into 21 and $6 the place. Good on you, Davo, and we'll catch you on Sky 1 tomorrow. 
Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Cheers. Oh, I forgot to mention my horse is racing tomorrow in race one, so I just wanted to mention oh, that. Beautiful. Just in case. What's We're it hopeful. called again? It's a keen reward. We're definitely hopeful rather than confident. I've got him about six six pick on the on my form. So look, give him strength. But I wanted to mention just in case he does lob at big odds, and no. I'm going to cop it next week. Yeah, no, good luck, Davo. So Jakeen Reward race one at Rose Hill, the Midway number eleven, currently fifteen dollars to win, four forty the place in a seven dollars the field race. Yeah, good on you, Davo. Yeah, good on good you, Davo. Good luck. Enjoy.